This episode is brought to you by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'll be following a team of elite cryptographers as they decode a highly classified radio transmission. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. The Message on iTunes. Welcome to The Labor of Love, a podcast about marriage, family, and making peace with the people we live with. I'm Lori Leibovich, editor of RealSimple.com. A little while ago, I recorded an episode for this podcast about whether it was possible to have a good divorce, and I was joined by two Real Simple readers who proved that it was very possible. Now I'd like to take a step back and look at the things that couples can do right before and during a divorce to make sure that things go as smoothly as possible. Joining me today to talk about this topic is Catherine Woodward Thomas, a former cabaret performer in New York City, a psychotherapist, and author of the book Conscious Uncoupling, Five Steps to Living Happily Even After. She's the originator of the Conscious Uncoupling Process, a term that was popularized by Gwyneth Paltrow when she divorced from her husband, Chris Martin. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Laurie. Great to be here with you. Great to be here with you. So, can you, because most people know the term conscious uncoupling because they heard about it through the Paltrow-Martin divorce, could you just give us a little bit of background on how that term came to be used in one of the most famous celebrity divorces of the last few years and what your role with that was? Oh, sure. Well, Conscious Uncoupling was born really as a as an online course in about in 2011 is when I launched it. And uh, I am a marriage family therapist. I've been a relationship expert. I've been working with thousands of people, helping them actually to get into relationships and to create great relationships with my first book, Calling in the One. But one of the biggest obstacles I had seen time and time again to the ability to form a happy, healthy union was a bad breakup in the past that had never really been properly healed. And so I saw people's hearts were, you know, had had kind of he had gone forward from that experience a little too close, a little too mistrustful of love moving forward, a little too easily bruised. And so when I went through my own uncoupling after 10 years of marriage and did it so graciously and so lovingly and so kindly and created such cohesion for our daughter on the other side of it, I decided to create a five-step process out of what I had done. So I'd been teaching it to people for a while, and one of my colleagues who knew about the work ended up bringing the work to Gwyneth and he was doing some work with her and used my term and then the rest is history. And I don't think Gwyneth (laughs) knew it at the time, but oh my gosh, it really changed my life. And I have to say that I'm really, I I thought it was a stroke of, of great fortune for, for me and for the conscious uncoupling teaching. And I'm very, I've been very moved by how they've modeled a whole new possibility for how we might divorce more peacefully and think they've done such a good job of it. My my sense, though, is that even people who go into the process of dismantling a relationship with the intention of keeping things as 
as calm and peaceful as possible, especially when there are children involved, find themselves as mediators and lawyers get involved and as money comes up and as, you know, years worth, years of, you know, discontent kind of bubble to the surface, even those with best intentions can end up messing it up. What are other concrete steps and things that each member of the relationship can do during this process to keep things steady? I think you're, this is such an important question that you're asking, Lori. And I think one of the misunderstandings of what conscious uncoupling is when Gwyneth first announced it is that people said, oh, it's just, you know, it, it's the superficial divorce. It's glossing things over. It's kind of the divorce for beautiful people with a ton of money. But the truth is, is that conscious uncoupling is a five-step process for the person who might have an ideal of an amicable parting of the ways, but is battling with tremendous amounts of fear, tremendous amounts of hurt, tremendous amounts of anger, and even that phenomenon of soulmate to soul hate, you know, because even the nicest of us will sometimes even feel hatred at the end of love. And one of the things I do in Conscious Uncoupling is I explain kind of the neurobiology of what's happening in our bodies that would even instigate uh, these impulses to hurt the people who are hurting us. And we kind So of what are those? Normal. Well, our bodies are flooded with fight or flight hormones. We go into a panic like we think we're going to die. And if you like look at that from an evolutionary perspective, you see that nature has really hardwired us to be attached. And that in many ways, you know, we, we go into that fight or flight because, you know, thousands of years ago, if you wandered away from your tribe, you were going to die. Like, it was life and death. That's not something right. that was made up, right? So we haven't quite caught up to our postmodern culture now. And uh, so we still feel the same thing biologically. And nature has designed it that we do not leave our attachments too quickly or too easily. Even there's speculation about the phenomenon of how depressed we can get at the end of love is that that's nature's way of slowing us down so we do not move away too quickly from the people that we have grown attached to. And if you look at the neurobiology uh, of the brains, our brains are actually social organs. And they sync up to the brains of others, and they serve to regulate our emotions. So our closest relationships will keep our emotions in check and keep our emotions balanced. So when we break up with someone, our emotions get deregulated. They go all over the map. And that's why we have that phenomenon of even though that person is the one person who's hurting you most, they're also the person you're craving to see because you know on some level just the sound of his voice or the, you know, the look in her eye is going to calm you down and make you feel better. Can I ask you a question, Catherine? Do you, um, in these... You know, going through these steps, is this something that you recommend people do on their own? Is this a practice that they should do with a therapist? Is it how are you recommending that people do this? Because I, I think that, you know, when the term became popularized and became this, you know, internet sensation, I think there was a lot of eye rolling about the, you know, some people thought it was very woo-woo and some people thought that, you know, Gwyneth is, you know, very holistic and has this way of living her life that doesn't really, really relate to what a lot of other people go through, as you said before. And so I wonder, you know, is this, 
if you're not into self-reflection or if you're not into self-help or if you're not necessarily of that ilk, is there room for you within this method? The thing about a breakup, Lori, is it's like there's nowhere to go because your whole psyche and soul feels like it's on fire with pain. Like if you're, if you're a person who is really in deep and particularly if you're, you're the person who was left because as opposed to the person leaving, I mean, the person leaving is having a hard time too. It, they might be feeling a lot of guilt or a lot of shame. They might be feeling a lot of so- sadness, but the person who is being left is probably feeling traumatized and shocked. And I, I liken it to like life has you upside down and, and is shaking out every life that you've lived with, you know, whether you like it or not. Because mm. so, a broken heart is kind of like a bro- broken leg. Like, you know, nobody wants a broken leg. But, but if you have a broken leg, you have to put it in a cast and then you have to go to physical therapy and you have to slow down your life. And, you, you know, you know that you're not going to be running around the track for a while. So it's kind of the same thing. Thing, so mm-hmm. even those of us who are not prone towards personal development, and, I, and truthfully, I find that if somebody's a real extrovert, they're not as prone towards you know self reflection as we introverts. So I'm a super introvert, so of course you know this is my landscape, but it's not everybody's. Right. But when you're in that amount of pain, you know, the, the uh, studies also show that when we have a broken heart, that um, it is a physical pain because it, it actually triggers the same centers in the brain as physical pain. Rejection does. We'll be back in just a minute on The Labor of Love. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, We're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now... Uh, Sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what it is. Voices. Music. Breathing, but you know, I'm not gonna mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to the message on iTunes. So, you were very impressed with the way that the that Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin were handling themselves post-divorce. And I wanted to see if you could be, could give some specifics about what you think that they are doing that is, that is a good behavior, you know, modeling good behavior. Well, I think, you know, children, when they see their parents together with a smile on their face, when the parents, you know, are not pulling on the children, putting them inside, like that creates cohesion and well-being for them. So in a way, it's like if the parents are married or not, it's it's almost not as important as are they nice to each other? Are they looking out for each other? Do they have each other's backs? Are we still one family? And so I think that Gwyneth and Chris have modeled uh, the possibility of still staying a family in the aftermath mm-hmm. of divorce. 
And uh, Chris lives across the street from Gwyneth, so the children have access to him. He's close by. They're both committed to their children. They do things together as a family. They're gracious in the face of new partners coming in. Uh, Gwyneth was, I mean, she was very gracious when he was seeing Jennifer Lawrence, and he was gracious when she had a new man in her life. And, you know, so they, they, go, they work very hard, I think, to, to accommodate what I call becoming an expanded family, so that there's there's room for new partners coming into the family, and um, and they stayed a family, and that's that's really the new divorce. That's that didn't happen for those of us who were growing up in the divorce revolution of the 70s and 80s. We became a broken family. They're modeling yep. a new expanded family. And so you think there are things that those of us who are not beautiful and rich and famous can learn from that relationship, even though their relationship is very different than most of ours because of their circumstances. Well, you know, somebody asked me recently, is it just for rich people? You know, and I, and I'm happy to say that it's not my former husband and I both live in modest apartments, two bedroom apartments, and we decided to move into the same building so that our daughter goes freely between his his apartment and my apartment. He lives on the fourth floor and I live on the ninth floor. And there's many different ways that people have of, of doing this. And, um, you know, if you just think for a moment, I think that I think that we're being asked to, you know, put on our kind of creativity cap about how to make it work for everybody and, you know, how, how to begin to think holistically, not just what's in my best interest, but what's in the best interest of all of us, including me, but what's going to have, you know, our children be well and what's going to set them up to have healthy relationships in the future and how can we all, all you know, thrive moving forward as an expanded family. Thanks so much for being here today, Catherine. Thank you for having me, Laurie. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Labor of Love. If you have a domestic quandary and would like to be a guest on our show, or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please email us at tlolpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel. If you enjoyed the episode, please review and subscribe on iTunes, where you'll also find three more podcasts from Real Simple. You can subscribe to The Labor of Love at itunes.com slash panoply or at panoply.fm. I'm Lori Leibovich, and I'll see you next time on The Labor of Love.